Hello and welcome to Nikon Report, your weekly roundup of all the latest Nikon news and all other photographic announcements that we found interesting. Constantine here. This is Becky. We talk fast because we are excited. It's more Z9 coverage. Oh my goodness. Uh, yes. I would like to point out that this is officially the one year anniversary of the Nikon Report. Exactly. Not the last week, but I mean, we can always celebrate for two weeks. It's not a problem, is it? We can. This is it though. This is the date. Anyway, I'm I very know, happy. I know now why they call it holiday season. Yes. Because it's starts... Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Nikon Report anniversary, yeah. and then Christmas. And then Christmas, exactly. Very important. All right. Well, we got some Z9 coverage today. Let's start with awards. Uh, DP Review gave Z9 a Product of the Year award. That's yeah. pretty good, isn't it? It's impressive for a camera that as isn't actually out yet. Exactly. I'm amazed. Exactly. So what do they have to say, Becky? They said, jaded cynics that we are, we don't say wow much at DP Review, but the Z9 is a camera that has impressed all of us. We expected the Z9 to be a fast and powerful camera for stills, but we didn't expect it to be quite such a capable video platform too. Competition is a good thing. And with the Z9, Nikon has shown itself capable of getting back in the game. That's great for photographers, whatever your favorite brand. And the Z9 is a worthy winner of this year's DP Review Award for Best Product. <laughs> back in the game. Yeah. I like that they say Nikon's back in the game. I don't think they were ever out of the game, but, you know, haters gonna hate. Exactly. <laughs> Haters, they ain't us. Yeah. Uh, well, Jada thinks that we are. I think that reflects the whole internet, and especially the comment sections of certain websites. Mm -hmm. But I think, yeah, the whole sentiment of the internet is everyone is impressed with the camera. And for people who this camera is not for, they know what's going to come in the future, I think. That's right. It's definitely a promise of good things to come for all Nikon enthusiasts, whether you're a Z9 advocator or not. If you are looking out for a smaller, lighter body, perhaps in the future, the Z9 can only spell good things for that as well. Absolutely. Well, from all the interviews we did, the hints we're getting that the next year is going to be pretty good as well. Yeah, I heard on the grapevine of the grapevine, you know, my friends, brothers, sisters, roommates, whatever. My cat, uncle from Nikon. Your yeah, uncle from Nikon yeah. said, oh, Z8's coming very, very soon. And I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> well, I personally would like to have Z8 mm -hmm. in place. And uh, my strategy is now to try to save up as much money as possible. Good luck. So I'm ready for that staff discount that we never get. But um, <laughs> I want to be ready. I think three and a half. That's the figure that I have. Okay. I hope it's not going to be four. So mm. knowing aggressive pricing strategy of Nikon Z9 uh, model, I expect it to be one and a half. But uh, three and a half will be in place by the time it's out. And hopefully it's rather sooner than later. Absolutely. All right. Well, in the meantime, Z9 continues to be a bestseller for a lot of retailers. Yeah, including B&H, which is one of the biggest photographic retailers in the USA. It has certainly been a bestseller for us. Uh, I don't even want to mention where the pre-orders are at, but it's a lot higher than any other camera release that we've had so far. Absolutely. And if you look at the Chinese retailer JD that we discussed last week, it's again, the pre-orders there are over 27,000 already. Looking at Q2 financials from Nikon, China is their biggest market at 35%. It's bigger than USA, which is 22%, and Europe is about 15%. Wow. It is an interesting development. Yeah, do you think the, <laughs> the lion's share of orders came from China then? Well, you never know, but the interesting thing is that Nikkei also published that with the rise of live streaming in China, mm. people suddenly need cameras that are capable of doing that. And Nikon cameras are 
some of those cameras. That leads us to our next piece of news, which is the Nikon Z9 dual stream technology by Nikon USA. All right, so not many people understand how the whole dual stream technology works. So Nikon USA published the video on their YouTube channel. It's 30 seconds, but it just visually shows what it looks like. So effectively, what it does is you've got two streams, one going on the sensor, one go uh, going to the viewfinder, and mm -hmm. that's what eliminates all the blackout. So therefore, Actually, what you see in the viewfinder may not necessarily be the, what you get on the picture, but they will be pretty much 99% identical. Yeah. Tom Hogan published a more extensive article actually describing what's happening with the sensor while you're shooting. Could you give us a quote, Becky, please? Yeah, absolutely. So this is from the article, How Does the Z9 Live View Work? He says, dual port RAM is used in most video RAM. The interesting aspect here isn't that the stacked portion of the image sensor might allow dual port reads of the collected data, mm -hmm. but rather that the Xspeed 7 chip has the ability to talk to multiple streams of data simultaneously so yeah. it's the the processor that's helping us out essentially that's it that we went from being all fun to being all technical that's right this suggests multiple cores being able to operate completely independently while nikon suggests that these streams are synced due to the alignment in the illustration they don't have to be and most likely aren't in other words the frame you see in the evf is not the frame being saved to the card at the same moment it is like a split second difference just to be clear it's probably even less than that yeah it's nanoseconds. Exactly. But the power of the XP7 process allows to operate those two streams at the same time. So think how powerful it is and how much data it can go through very, very quickly. And that's what eliminates effectively a blackout mm -hmm. in the viewfinder. Yeah. He finds it interesting that actually this technology has been around and Nikon is the first company who implemented it. Tom Hogan also published an article describing how mechanical shutter and just shutter in general works on Z cameras. He says, a number of Z-mount lenses don't allow mechanical shutter. If you were previously set to electronic first curtain, all you see is the grayed out E, and you might think that you're in some kind of all electronic shutter mode. You're not. You're in EFCS, electronic first curtain shutter. All 3DX lenses lock you out of changing shutter type to mechanical. The upcoming 100-400mm lens does it too. Indeed, many of the lenses with built-in VR do this. I believe the reason for this has to do with the timing interaction of the vibration reduction mechanism and the image sensor. But in no case is this all electronic, as some people are complaining. Absolutely. So if you've got Z6, Z7, and obviously potentially Z9, then it will give you a much better idea. Obviously, Z9 doesn't have mechanical shots, so that eliminates all the mechanical process completely. Mm. But just to understand that actually sometimes electronic doesn't mean full electronic, and actually it will use mechanical shots at some point unless you specify how to do that. And certainly this will allow you only for specific settings to be assigned. Yeah. We also have HDR 8K footage available for you to look at. You probably need an 8K screen to look at it, but it's there. It's shot on the Nikon Z9 and it's called 8K HDR by Lynx TV on YouTube. How many of you have 8K screen? Do put it in the comment below. So I will be surprised if I'll find one, mm -hmm. but it is there. So the future is bright. Uh, it's also in HDR. That was good. The future's bright. You know, there used to be this old advert, the future's bright, the future's orange, orange mobile network. Oh, I didn't know it's that. It's like way before your time. No, I can say the future is bright in 1,000 nits. <laughs> Such 
Okay, let's move on to the next piece of news, which is FTZ2 apparently is now shipping in some countries. Nikon rumors received confirmation from Canada and Taiwan. Nothing United States as of yet and UK. Who knows? Maybe they just got them from the factory or something. I honestly don't know. I know nothing. You know nothing. <laughs> Next up, Nikon NX Mobile Air mobile app is now available for download. Yes, it's available on Android and iOS. Ooh. Now, there are a couple of interesting bits that I found on the internet. So, first of all, the supported cameras on, on Android should be Z9 when it's out, D5, D6, Z72, Z62, and Z50. That's according to Nikon Japan product page on NX Mobile Air. Now, for iOS, the current support is only for Z9, so no other cameras have been supported as of yet. That's a limitation there. And one thing what our customers pointed to us is the D5. So D6 is compatible, and Nikon says you need to use USB-C to light inject to connect to your iPhone. Right. So D6 has a USB-C port. So in order for it to connect it to mobile device like iPhone, you can buy USB-C to Lightning connector. Mm -hmm. D5, however, has USB 3.0 port, like similar to D850. There's no adapter to convert that to a Lightning connector. No. So I wonder if that's a typo. I guess we'll find out in the future. It uh, does happen. They it, do put typos on their releases sometimes. Absolutely, absolutely. But for some of you who don't know what NX Mobile Air is, Becky will tell you what it is. Yeah, so essentially NX Mobile Air accelerates data delivery and makes it more productive without the user needing to carry around a laptop. Essentially, you're connecting a Nikon camera to a smart device via a USB cable. Uh, you can then automatically upload images to an FTP server simultaneously as you're shooting. So it's kind of tethering to a smart device. Very, very clever. Um, it does also support image editing functions such as trimming and editing of IPTC metadata, improving the user's work efficiency. So some of the principal features allow you to, apart from connect your camera and upload to an FTP site, you can also choose destinations from multiple FTP servers. Um, you can crop, rotate, do small edits to your pictures. You can lock the screen while the app is in use or download pictures again if the import fails and you can uh, change or reorder the field names. Yes, and this also works wirelessly if you want to and also via the cable as well. So that's the difference with the Snapbridge as mm. well. So because Snapbridge is pretty much talks to camera roll effectively on the phone, yeah. uh, this one talks to FTP and it can be wireless and wired as well. Current notice, it doesn't support raw transfer. So I assume it's only for JPEGs, but I, I personally think that's going to happen. That's going to have to change pretty quickly. A yeah. little bit like Snapbridge. When Snapbridge was first released, a lot, have of, that. a lot of the Nikon reps actually said, oh, no, it supports RAW. And we were saying, no, it definitely doesn't. We're using it and it's not working. And then a software update came out and then it supported RAW download. So I assume that will be the case as this is primarily geared towards pro photographers and you would then be shooting RAW 99.9% .9 of the time. Absolutely. And back in the day at the time that actually RAW was not supported by iOS and it was available on Android mm. and then it's, they updated the iOS version to support that as well. That's right. Now we're also going to mention NX Tether. Uh, so Mark Granger continues a great coverage of Z9. He now published a portrait session with Z9 but tethered via NX Tether software. Fancy. 
to a PC while using NX Studio software. So if you want to see how it actually works, so NX Tether came out about a week ago or so, do check his video out. Yeah, we also have a YouTube video from Digitutor which shows you how to use NX Mobile Air, uploading pictures to an FTP server on Android. So if you'd like to have a look at that, we will include a link in the description box for that too. Absolutely, we also have Nikon Tech updated us on a few bits. They tested Snapbridge, the latest version, with the latest iOS 15, and it says, it all works fine, no problem whatsoever. Yay! <laughs> I actually haven't tried it. Me neither. I mean, you haven't updated your own. No, so. I tend to wait for three months at least, just to be safe. Really. I, I just did it blindly. I updated everything and then thought, why did I do that? But actually, the one thing that I do like, which I didn't have in my previous update, and I don't know why, is now when you're looking at pictures, let's say you download pictures from Snapbridge mm -hmm. and they're in your camera roll. If you then swipe up, you used to get location data. Okay. And yeah. Now you also get EXIF data. So you can see in your camera roll what camera you shot, lens, aperture, shutter speed, ISO. That's pretty good. I didn't know that. Very handy. You see, my concern with updating the software as well is because I scan film with the Nikon scanners and they have very limited support of mm. operating systems. And back in the day, you had to do INI registry hacks in Windows just to enable cool, uh, Nikon scan software. Currently, I use ViewScan, but let's say with Windows 11, I'm not jumping into the hype train updating to the latest version because I'm just waiting for the view scan to come out and say, view scan now can work really well with Windows 11, then I'm gonna move on. Also speaking of, let's say, MacBooks, that at the moment, my cool scan has a FireWire adapter, right? Ah. So, okay, so this <laughs> one's got USB-C. Mm. What that means that I have to then go FireWire to Thunderbolt and then get, that's one dongle, mm -hmm. and then th Thunderbolt to USB-C yeah. dongle just to connect it. Yeah. And somehow it works. Now, I don't know if that's going to work if I update the operating system as well. Yeah. So with all this, if you have some legacy software, I mean, some people probably still use Capture NX2. Presumably, yeah. And remember, it's I think it's worked with D810 and then didn't support D850. A lot of people had to hug their raw files to call D850 raw file D810 in order to edit the software. So yes. for a lot of us who use some legacy, either hardware or legacy software, you have to be really careful if you want to upgrade to the latest version or not. Yeah. Another one is webcam utility. A lot of people struggled with it. We had a video showing how to use it, but if you're still struggling with it, do check out Nikon support page as well. Normally they say, well, if it doesn't work, have you tried to turn it off and on, on again? You know, so great advice. Exactly, always works. Yeah. But yeah, do have a look at those uh, very interesting stuff. For those of you who have been asking, the ENEL 25 are starting to come through, at least in the USA. We have had confirmation that a very tiny delivery has arrived in Europe and we are hoping to get some of that delivery. I don't think it's going to fulfill all our back orders of those batteries because it is the spare battery for the Z50 and the ZFC. Mm -hmm. If you have one on back order with us, please do be patient. We will get to you as soon as we can, but we are hoping to see some through very, very soon. Absolutely. But if you're in the United States, today on Monday, right now, they are in stock at BNH and Rama. Who knows, by the time it's published, they probably will be out of stock. But... That leads us to the point is that, unfortunately, deliveries don't come to all countries at the same time. Mm -hmm. So United States can get a batch and then Europe can wait for another two weeks. Yep. Unfortunately, it's not synchronized in any, in any way. But if you are in the United States, you're in luck. Exactly. More on accessories for the ZFC. There are actually some other companies producing bits and pieces for them now. 
Yeah, third-party cases are starting to pop up. Yep, LIM or LIM will soon release several cases for the camera. Gariz is another very popular brand. They'll also be releasing a couple of retro-styled leather cases. They made one for the DF a few years back, which was very nice indeed. Yeah, the LIM one has a built-in grip and they have some sort of a tan version, a very light tan, and the black version of the case. And then Greece is doing them in burgundy and black. Ooh. Now, I will say, having put the grip on the ZFC, it's a must, really. Yep. I think to make that camera more comfortable, having a grip is um, absolutely imperative, unless you've got very small hands. Mm -hmm. So if you are going to buy one of these third-party cases with the, with the grip inside, then that will save you a little bit as well. Absolutely. You were mentioned that Nikon Grip doesn't have access to something. No, that's the small rig grip. That's a small rig grip. Mm. It doesn't have access to the battery. The small rig grip for the Z50 doesn't have access to the battery. Okay. I haven't seen the small rig grip for the ZFC yet. The Nikon one is very well thought out. You don't have to take the, the grip off at all in order to access the chamber, which is what I found slightly bizarre about the small rig one for the Z. Because I have the Z50 with the small rig grip attached. Mm -hmm. I have to take it off every time I want to change the battery or take the card out. That's very interesting. I wonder if it's some sort of manufacturing thing that is too small to design with a hole or something, you know. Maybe. Not quite sure. Well... I think the reason is because the because of the nature of the flip down screen, Ooh. they've had to put the tripod bush where the battery chamber is. You're right. So they they can't really win on that camera. Unfortunately. There's no win win with this camera. <laughs> so you either have the grip with the tripod bush on the side, and then you can use your flip out screen. They they could do a selfie and a non selfie mm. version if they were feeling like it. That's true. The Z6 more rig. Old plate is pretty good. Mm, yeah. yeah, I used all the time. And I'm I do like my three-legged thing, Zelda, which I use with my Z6. It's copper, it's funky, mm. allows access to all the bits I need. When you when you say copper, I always think steampunk for some reason. I think that I'm okay. It's more orange than copper, but it, yeah, why not? Do they come with those glasses? Yeah, with that the you spikes on them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You should wear one when you're using it. Yeah. That's right. So my next Halloween outfit. Yes. Tune in in the year. All right, let's move on to third-party news. We had Viltrox release the silver edition of their APS-C or DX autofocus lenses. They're available in 23, 33, 56, F1.4 flavors. Interesting. And now in silver. So again, it could be a ZFC popularity. I imagine that that would be why they would do a silver version, because why else, to be honest? Exactly. But I think black lenses go really well on ZFC as well. They do. They look very nice. Venus Optics announced a new allower. 85 millimeter macro lens for the Z mount. It is manual focus in this instance. Yeah, so we don't have any information yet, but it's, it's supposed to come out today. So at the time we talk about it. So I assume it's going to be manual focus lens. Yep. So they don't do autofocus lenses, but we start to see more companies reverse engineering the autofocus on their cameras. Remember the TT Artisan that we mentioned? Yes. So that lens expected sometime in January. So very interesting development indeed. Exactly. Let's move on to reviews. Yeah, so we have a Nikon Z 24 to 50 mil lens review with samples by Christopher Frost. I actually did a review of this lens. Yes, I what did, are your thoughts on I it? I did the brick wall tests and everything between okay. the 24 to 50 and the 24 to 70. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. You went so far. I did. I went all out with that one. And the 24 to 50 is a good, small, all-rounder. Quality is very similar, I find, to the 16 to 50. Mm. Uh, in that it's not uh, it's not as sharp as the 24 to 70 F4. Mm -hmm. It's not going to win any awards, isn't it? No, but as a 
compact travel lens for a full frame camera, it's incredibly capable. Absolutely. Do you think it's going to win the People's Choice Award? <laughs> Maybe so, because it's small and light. Absolutely. Well, the Weekend Read and Watch is a bit of a sad one. It is. We have two in memoriams for you. So Mick Rock, as many of you will know, was a British photographer known as the man who shot the 70s. He passed away at the age of 72. There is a documentary on Amazon called Shot! The Psycho-Spiritual Mantra of Rock. Absolutely. It's a paid documentary, but I think it's about two pounds in HD, so pretty good. Yeah. We also had a well-renowned photojournalist, Tom Stoddart, who actually won the Lifetime Achievement Award that Gray presented to him at the Amateur Photography Awards a few years ago oh, wow. for his incredibly influential work. He has a huge body of work on the subject of not just general current events but also war photography he was incredibly influential so do have a look at the articles that we're going to include in the description box if you'd like to see more about him and his achievements fantastic and thanks for joining us today thank you very much for watching and or listening please give us a like and a subscribe if you're on youtube a follow and maybe even a review on the podcast platforms absolutely be also on social media i'm at constant Koshkin on instagram and becky's i'm at rebecca underscore Danese. fantastic thanks for joining us today we'll see you on friday for our live stream and then next week for another nikon report absolutely thanks very much Bye bye, bye.